welcome. This is Victoria Schnepps bringing you Power Women. And today, oh my, do I have a powerful woman. I am thrilled to bring you Dr. Jennifer Robb, who is the leader of 23,000 student Hunter College campus. And it is a campus because there are five schools that she runs with a budget of $250 million and is ranked as one of the finest colleges in the United States and is part of CUNY. Uh, but she has soared with the school and under her leadership, she's raised over $400 million to make her school a star in the universe of colleges. So we are right here in Manhattan, but I am delighted to say hello. Welcome, Dr. Rob. Thank you so much, Vicki, for having me. And really congratulations on this podcast and just all the work you've done in your life for the, our city. I'm really uh, a great admirer. Thank you. So I want you to go back in time and think about the influences on you in your childhood or what led you, do you believe, to be the person you are today? Can you share that with us? Obviously, there's always so much that influences you in a life. But I think about my mother, who was widowed with two young children. <clears throat> we lived in Washington Heights. It was very sudden. And she was just so strong. I like to say she was the, you know, she was a tough broad. And you didn't look back, you looked forward. You didn't talk about adversity, you talked about possibilities. And one of the most important things she said to me, going back and thinking about my life now and how everything's connected, when I was on 12 years old in sixth grade at PS 173 in Washington Heights, 10 little girls were picked to take the Hunter test. And we all got on the number four bus with our number two pencils. And we went downtown to take this test and three of us made it as they said then. And, you know, you didn't, I think you remember this, you're a neighborhood girl too. You didn't leave your neighborhood in New York, right? So you were, everyone said, oh, you can't go down to Hunter, all girls school. You'll become a snob and a man hater. And <laughs> my mother, and thinking about it, she barely graduated high school as did my father. I'm the youngest of four children. Nobody else had gone, has gone to college. And she looked at me and she said, you're gonna get on that bus. She knew that that possibility of education was the ticket. So I did. And when I got to Hunter High School, I felt very unprepared because the kids were, the girls were so smart from all over the city. And that was another influence for me. I took the number four bus from Washington Heights through Harlem. I saw incredible poverty. And then I got out at the Upper East Side. I saw incredible privilege. And that was one of those things that, always influenced me that I wanted to make a difference. So mm -hmm. this all girls school where we were told nothing's gonna stop you from going to college. It was very interesting then. You, there were no cooking classes, no typing classes. You were gonna read D.H. Lawrence and you were gonna go to college. Even if you didn't, you know, there was no, that, that wasn't in your family. So again, talk, I had a wonderful social studies teacher who said, you want to, you have dreams, you want to change the world, you're going to go to college. And I think that was really one of the great influences for me of, you know, tough women's, all girls school, women could do anything. 
I always like to say Elena Kagan was a few years behind me. I was one of her big sisters at school. So this was a powerhouse of women. And we were taught to be, my mother taught me to be fearless and my high school taught me to be fearless. And I think that lesson has served me very well in my life. You know, did you did you stay in town for college or did you soar out of the city? I didn't. So in Hunter, first of all, it was very interesting. We were moved around because of the CUNY was growing then. And it was just a New York adventure of high school. Uh, we went to a high school my last two years in an office building and took the subway back to Hunter College for chemistry lab. So I graduated early and a few people in my family that had gone to college had gone to Cornell. So I decided sight unseen, I would try to get a scholarship to Cornell, which I did. I got an early decision, early admission in 11th grade. And Vicki, when I got there in my first day of freshman year, I we just kept driving and driving and driving and there were cows. <laughs> and I got to Ithaca and I saw a stairway in the little main town and I asked somebody if that was the subway. So it oh. just never dawned on me. So you can say it was a long four years of trying to figure out <laughs> where I was. Incredible education, but a little bit disoriented. Well, I think it stood you in great stead because you have certainly uh, traveled many, many highways since then and many uh, roads. And I wonder now if you could share with us the things you're doing today in your position as president of Hunter, because that also was a journey to get to be the president, even though you're the president for 20 years. And, oh, and, I, and I say, we talk about lessons. Um, you know, it was a huge dream and a career change. And I, I did see that they were looking for a president and I was obviously not from the world of education, but I had been working in city government and politics for so long. I was so committed to this public service. And that one of the core public goals, I think we all know is educating our young people. Right now, you really can't move ahead in our society, you know, with great access without a college degree. So people are still debate a college degree, but the truth is the best jobs and even surveys and research shows your happiness, your health is influenced by your education. So the great CUNY system, Hunter College, for it to be able to offer to the city of New York, a high quality education, a priceless education at a price people could afford. What a beautiful, beautiful goal. And think about it now. I mean, our population, we have, you know, so many first time college goers, immigrants, immigrants, children, um, people whose parents, as I said, haven't gone to college, but even our middle class in New York. I mean, think about it. If you're a social worker married to a DA, maybe you're making $250,000, $300,000. You have two kids. When a private schools are charging $50,000 just in tuition four, times four years, times two kids, I mean, we're pricing this basic good out of the pocketbooks of your average person in the city. So at Hunter now, with us soaring in the rankings in U.S. News and World, World Report and Princeton Review, we're giving this top-ranked education to people at a price that is not going to leave them with this crushing debt when they go on for careers in graduate school. So I'm, I'm very, very proud of that. Well, you know, I think also I'd like you to share the various parts of Hunter College, because it sounds more like a university to me than a college. 
It's so funny you say that. I'm not, I, it is, Hunt, I'd like to call us Hunter University, but since we're part of City University, I'm not really allowed to do that. But you're absolutely right. So at over 23,000 students, we are the largest school in CUNY, which is also the largest public urban university system. There we are in five boroughs. So we're the largest. We have our largest group is our undergraduate liberal arts education. And we are strong in the social sciences, the humanities and the sciences. And within the liberal arts, we also have some phenomenal graduate programs. Our MFAs in creative writing, in art, in theater, in dance are world ranked now. So New York is the capital of the arts and how, you know, one thing you know in an art career, you may not be able to make a fortune. So for us to offer this extraordinary education, we know that we are gonna train the artists, the painters, the curators, the writers. We have national book award winners. We have top artists at MoMA, but we're also training people who will work in the cultural world of New York. The curators, the entertainment lawyers, the people who work at a, at a nonprofit theater group. And at minimum, Vicki, we will get people to understand how important culture is so that New Yorkers will fill the museums and the theaters and the music halls. So we love our, our role in the, as a public school of the arts. So that's, we have the liberal arts, as I said, science, social science, the arts. And then we have four freestanding schools of the professions with graduate, undergraduate and doctoral level education. So school of social work, top ranked in the country, our social workers not only deliver individual care, but they run the city's agencies. And you know this, in the nonprofit world, you can't go to any agency without seeing Hunter leadership. And we're proudly offering an undergraduate bachelor's of social work now, which sends so many kids on to careers in, this, in the caring fields. Our school of education is unparalleled. We are now training about one in every 10 public school teachers. And I know that's your field and you know how important that is. And I just am I'm so committed to continuing to just support our School of Education. We've just offered it, added an EDD, so we're training leadership. We have an extraordinary principal training program. So that is so important. And then also dear to my heart is our nursing school. If we haven't learned in this pandemic who the true heroes are, you know, we've learned nothing. I mean, who who cannot just love our nurses? So we are training undergraduate nurses. We have honors programs. We have all sorts of master's programs in gerontology and mental health and other areas. We added a doctor of nursing practice, which are nurse leaders. And we are about to launch a PhD in nursing to help train more faculty for nursing schools around the country. And we're about to launch a new program with Wild Cornell to train nurse anesthesiologists because there's a terrible shortage mm. in the country. And Wild Cornell has come to us and asked for us to partner with them. And then we have the School of Other Health Professions, speech pathology, physical therapy, nutrition, public health analysis. So there's so much that we are the backbone in the city of these professions, as well as this liberal arts education, because at the end of the day, we still believe in those values. What do you learn in a liberal art education? How to ask questions, how to critically ana analyze data, how to qualitatively analyze problems, how to communicate. Those are, those are the questions, the skills that we know employers are looking for because 
different occupations change, right? We doubled the number of computer science majors to respond to the tech boom. But at the end of the day, employers want people who can reason and write and communicate. And that's the fundamental education we're offering. You know, it's funny you should say that reason and write. We were just discussing the fact that so many people put their faces in their phones and their faces in their computers that they don't put their faces in people's faces anymore. And this ability to write, you know, I am shocked sometimes when we get interns who don't know how the difference between two, two and two. It's, it is true. And we, you know, we have a very strong writing center. We have many courses where writing is a, a significant requirement. And it is, it's too easy now with typing, you know, for, for not well, to children, you know, students that you really need to use the written word to communicate effectively. And also, um, you know, speaking. I think you know we're we, we're really emphasizing because we know employers need presentation skills, so we're adding that to our coursework. We're encouraging faculty to have teamwork, which employers are looking for, and presentation skills because that's again what is you can be a brilliant history major and you can be hired if you can write and you can communicate and you can present and you can analyze. Well, you know, that's the best advice you can give on in every field, honestly, right? It's It goes a swath across every field, those basic skills. But I also know that you serve on boards because I'm on the board of United Way of Long Island. Ah. And I see still on the board of United Way of New York. Um, I've just rotated off, but I have a long still relationship with Sheena Wright, whose mother went to Hunter. We're very proud and we support them in a number of projects up in East Harlem. But I was very engaged with United Way. I've been a longtime supporter and member of what started as the After School Corporation, now called Expanded Ed, and have been involved with the Council of Foreign Relations and nonprofit work. Uh, and of course, probably my favorite nonprofit right now is the Hunter College Foundation, where we actively engage to, um, as you mentioned, to raise money to support Hunter College. And that's been a very, I think, really uh, important commitment that I've made to the school. Often in public colleges, people think, well, this the government supporting the college, do they really need more, more money? And I always say to our donors, it is true that the government will open the doors and put on the lights but a lot of them will flicker. They won't go on totally. And it's the private support that makes the public um, system really, really flourish. So all the scholarship money we raise that supports our, our students to be able to recruit the best faculty. One area that's really important are paid internships. That's a leveling the playing field tactic, Vicki. You know, in private schools, kids can go out and get an internship and not be paid because they can support themselves. Our well, students we'll can't. talk because that is something that I, you know, being the teacher in me, I believe in interns in chips in every part of our business in terms of our, our company of media, because I agree. Nothing well, like that. We're going to send you some, but no, you're absolutely right. But we find that, say, that, you know, a, a student wants to build their resume and they want to get an internship helping in a congressional office over the summer. Mm -hmm. Well, somebody at one student can volunteer. And one student would have to work at Starbucks all night to be able to work in the congressional office in the day. We want to level that playing field. So we raise money for funded internships so students can get the same resume building experience. 
you know, travel now, of course, with COVID, but so many of our students wouldn't be able to get an experience studying abroad, even for short periods. That's a part of an education is to be part of the world. So there's so many different things that we fundraise for that are the extras on top of the public funding. And, and it's just, it's very, very important. Well, I think you've been hugely successful raising over $400 million, probably more than any other school in the city and in the system. But uh, tell us a little bit, if you could think of secrets of success that you could share, advice to other people who want to be successful. Well, it's a wonderful question. I mean, I think one thing that I have learned, I think is really true, and you know it too from your business is, you know, that expression, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. You know, I, as we like to say, I bleed hunter purple. Um, You know, I, everything I do is about hunter. I talk about it. I live it. I think it, I, you know, I'm blessed with two children, but I, I love children. And so in some funny way, I have 23,000 children. I worry about them. I advocate for them. I think about them. And so to be able to have a job, which is so aligned with your personal passion and to think about that, you know, Thomas Wolf said, you can't go home, but I did come home. I went right back to the corner that helped me make me who I was today by that incredible, you know, advice of my mother's get on that bus and go get a great education. And now I'm helping that next generation. Second piece of advice is really, you know, is is stick-to-itiveness, relentlessness, you know, tenaciousness. If you believe in something, you gotta you gotta keep following it through, and you don't give up, and you don't take no. I mean, that's something, you know, uh, some people love about me, and some people, you know, want to go the other way. But I don't. They all say I don't take no for an answer, and that's what you need to do. You need to try to. You have a vision. How are you going to realize it? And how are you going to, if, some, if the answer is no, come in it another way and, and adjust your strategy and get it done. Um, I think that's the uh, recovering lawyer in me. I was a litigator for many years and uh, I, I take it all as a case and I got to win. So that's another part of it. And I think another part that comes from education and also the lawyer education is really preparation. If you want to get something done, you really need to understand what your goals are. You've got to be prepared with the data, with your arguments, and then that relentlessness, you know, will carry through and the passion and the love of your, you know, your vision, but you have to be prepared. You have to put in the work, right, to get to where you can advocate for something. So those are sort of some of my keys to my success. But as I said, I'm just so blessed because the privilege of being able to be at the helm of such an extraordinary institution. I mean, Vicki, we're 151 years old this year. Think about it. This will relate, you know, you totally as a woman leader and this, you know, this beautiful podcast you do, think about this. In 1870, Thomas Hunter was essentially kicked out of Ireland because he had way too progressive ideas. And he came to, to New York And he said he was going to start a school. We were the ninth school of higher education for women in this country. And he believed that women should be educated, that particularly teachers should be educated, that you shouldn't leave a class, you know, sort of graduate at 13, 14, and then come back into the classroom the next month later as the classroom teacher, that teachers deserved two years of content learning, learn your, learn your subject, 
and a year of pedagog pedagogical training. So you learn to be a teacher and quote, a clinical experience like a doctor, he said. And that's where we started our model school, which is still now Hunter Elementary, because he wanted teachers to have clinical training. So mm. this was a visionary and the only people he discriminated against were men. So he wrote <laughs> in a very kind of old fashioned way in his autobiography, he used old fashioned words, but think about this sentiment in the 1870s. He said, the Negro will sit next to the Jew who will sit next to the Gentile. Oh Could my. Imagine that level of integration and no income restrictions. So we had rich, we had poor, you know, some many families had the money to educate their, their women, their, their daughters, but they didn't think it was a worthwhile investment because they were just going to go off and get married. So we had, I, I like to say Marjorie Morningstar, she was fictional, but you remember she went to Hunter and she lives in Central Park West. And we had very new immigrants whose father said, okay, you can go to Hunter because you'll become a nurse or a teacher and that's okay. So we educated, we uplifted women from the very beginning of our history. And we're doing that today. Um, you know, since the 60s, we've been letting men into our main campus and God bless. And we are now just, we're really making the American dream come true. The American dream comes true with Dr. Jennifer Robb at, Robb at Hunter College, which has proven to be, I guess, you know, it is what you have been brought up and ready to take on. And you have had such enormous success for not just yourself, but for the 23,000 students you watch over. So it's been wonderful talking with Dr. Rob. I am so pleased to get to know you better and to hear your secrets of success. And I thank you. This is Victoria Schnepp signing off till next time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Victoria.